0: How nice it is to be back among people. Walking around a sleek, modern campus on my way to a keynote speech by a well-known expert. As I walk across the grounds under the bright blue sky, I can't help but check out the other people who are attending, all gradually making their way to the glass doors of the auditorium. I look around to see if there's anybody here that I know. Eventually, I make my way inside the auditorium building and take my seat in what has always been my favorite area of any seating space, back row aisle seat. Except this is all happening in my home office. The meeting is in a VR space, and I love it. Hello and welcome to Cool Time Life. I'm Steve Prentice. Each of our Cool Time Life podcasts focuses on a topic dealing with people, productivity, technology, and life, and each offers ideas and facts you need to know about to thrive in today's busy world. An index of our podcasts is available at steveprentice.com under the podcast link. Although there are more pressing issues in the world of digital transformation, such as work from home and quiet quitting, there is also the ongoing advancement of the three-dimensional virtual world and its role in the workplace. Leading the pack has been Mark Zuckerberg and his metaverse. His quest for developing a virtual environment for work, life, and everything in between regularly gets mocked in the media for being too outrageous for anyone to take seriously. Maybe it's the bulky Oculus headsets. For a population that has collectively freaked out over the idea of wearing a simple N95 mask, the idea of clamping a helmet over one's eyes is something that most people are just not willing to do, and it's consequently something that the media gleefully sinks its teeth into. Maybe it's just him. Zuckerberg has never come across as a media darling the way that Steve Jobs was. For all of Jobs' eccentricities, he did come across as kind of warm and fuzzy and caring, like the cool guy in art class rather than the physics nerd that Zuckerberg unfortunately seems to represent. Such labelling is unfair because Zuckerberg has done his share of changing the world with Facebook. But regardless, it says a lot about the two innovators' approaches to marketing innovative products. One has to wonder what the VR experience would have looked like under Steve Jobs' guidance. Regardless, I remain convinced that VR is going to become a thing for the typical so-called knowledge worker, Its rocky start was largely due to the difficulties involved in processing and transmitting so much data which resulted in early VR versions that made avatars appear extremely cartoonish and clumsy and even lacking legs. They were mostly talking torsos. But this always makes me think of two things. The first is The Polar Express. Do you remember that movie? It comes around every holiday season. Great concept, great tunes, great story even, but there was an emptiness to the characters that people picked up on. The character's natural movement was a result of motion capture techniques that record the fluid and physical actions and facial gestures of the actors playing the characters, but in this movie the eyes seemed lifeless, and that frankly creeped people out. The hand-drawn cartoons from Disney and Warner Brothers from the 1930s and beyond seemed to have mastered the art of subtle eye and facial gestures, but computer technology just was not there yet when Polar Express came out in 2004. But when you look at more modern productions, especially those from Disney-Pixar, take the marvelously fluid movements in Encanto, for example, it's possible to see that computers have the power to bring digitized characters to life. Even though these movies take thousands of hours to render and are not created in real time, it still hints at the possibility that such virtual and fluid actions will become available in VR sometime soon. But as we have seen with the adoption of Zoom and other first-generation video chat services that took on a primary role during the pandemic, new technologies that intersect with human relationships always have a steep acceptance curve, but one that can be easily overcome. We saw this with the telephone over a century ago. The idea of having a disembodied person's voice in your ear could be positively spooky for someone who has never experienced it before. But soon, people grew into this new virtual technology of the telephone and it became indispensable. So too will it be with VR environments. Those who scoff at the idea of using avatars of themselves are the same people who have become completely used to communicating by phone, video chat or text emojis, all of which, in my opinion, are still avatars of their real selves. When a person appears on a screen or as a disembodied voice in our ears, we think nothing of it. We know these faces and voices are just avatars of the people we communicate with and we fully take for granted the power of the network that brings these signals to us. Everyone who is alive today was born into a world in which the telephone already existed and probably most people alive today were born into a world in which the internet already existed. This Cool Time Life podcast is being brought to you by me, or more specifically, the voice actor side of me. Many of you know me as an expert in workplace technology and psychology, which I am, but I am also a voiceover actor and narrator. If you are looking for a voice that sounds like this one, like me, for your podcast or videos, please drop me a line through my voice actor website at stevepvoice.com. So, back to the podcast. It takes a while for people to grow into new technologies or new scenarios that require change. If the pandemic had not forced our hand, we would not be so far along in the world of video chat. Although there are many who are still not enthralled with some of the features of video chat, they tend to forget that it too will evolve. In fact, it is already evolving into something way better. When a technology comes along that appears to be a solution without a problem, that type of change generally tends to gain little traction. The Segway for example, that self-balancing personal scooter, promised to change the world when it first appeared in 2001. Nothing really came of that, at least not at scale. But the same cannot be said of other technological solutions. When the first mobile phones became a thing in the early 90s, they were quite large and quite expensive. The general sense amongst consumers was that few people were important enough to need their own phone, so it too was a solution without a problem. The same thing with Facebook. Love it or hate it, during its early years it became the most successful method for reaching out to people that we hadn't talked to for a long time or who we were just purely curious about. The same thing can be said of the internet itself, or of fax machines, or of personal computers. The need only truly generated itself once the technology was already there. So it is with virtual environments. In the years leading up to the peak of the COVID pandemic, which I'm going to call 2020-2021, to most of us were content to travel to a daily workplace and be there physically. The lockdowns showed the world that a lot of jobs that involve a computer could actually be done from home, which made the idea of commuting back and forth to an office somewhat redundant. This struck great fear into the hearts of managers and employers everywhere who suddenly saw their entire business model literally vanish before their eyes. But the tide does seem to be changing. People in large numbers are increasingly choosing to not travel, sticking with the first generation of video chat technology, that being Zoom or Microsoft Teams or similar. But the desire for human interaction remains. Humans are tribal by nature. We like to have casual conversations and to be in the presence of other people. But the worlds of virtual reality... Most of us have been exposed to virtual reality through gaming or multi-user worlds like Second Life or Wii or Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto. Some appear cartoonish and crude and others offer sophisticated, high-quality graphics, but they all reside in the gaming category of our minds. The property of mostly young people sitting in gaming chairs, wearing headsets and expertly manipulating their handheld controls. The virtual world has not yet breached that mental barrier that allows the individual to say, yes, that could be me too. As I mentioned before, the rise of Zoom during the peak COVID years showed that much of what was done at the office could now be done from home. However, the novelty of the Zoom layout left many either underwhelmed or overwhelmed. You could have been underwhelmed by the static and stodgy format of the meeting. Staring at people in their living rooms, poorly lit Poorly framed and worst of all looking down at the screen instead of into the camera left many with a sense that this was not a proper meeting after all. It lacked the theatre of meeting, specifically joining a common area and performing within the social protocols of an in-person group event. But others were overwhelmed by the feeling of being on camera in a workplace situation, a sensation that has been described as working next to a full-length mirror. Many people are not comfortable being on camera or simply don't have the bandwidth to do it, leading to meetings and seminars filled with blank screens and an inequity between attendees in person and those online. That's where the word remote truly comes in. There needs to be something that combines the convenience of remote meeting technology with the presence of a three-dimensional world, and that day is coming, dare I say, it is almost here. Meta slash Facebook seems to be one of the most visible and powerful forces in this area. Despite the cultural dislike of its founder Mark Zuckerberg and recent shareholder revolt over his pursuit of this world, technologies like Quest, with its five internal cameras designed to focus on the facial gestures of the wearer as well as the environment around, are creating a path for far more realistic face and body movements within the context of a three-dimensional space. I have also had great experiences already with Verbella, V-I-R-B-E-L-A, and its frame technologies, which consist of an immersive 3D environment that does not need a headset. It can exist on your computer screen. This is a place where avatars of you and others can walk around a campus, gather in an auditorium, take a seat in order to attend a keynote presentation, meet in private rooms or on benches in the spacious hallways and atriums, or on patio chairs scattered around the landscaped campus. For that matter, you can take a walk together along the beach. Verbella is the online version of traveling to a purpose-built learning center or retreat, complete with pleasant weather and lots of space to explore. All the rooms allow for standard PowerPoint presentations and other media. It's a wholly immersive experience without the travel. As a keynote speaker myself, I felt it wonderful to walk down the central aisle, step up onto the stage and turn and face the audience, something I have not done in real life for over two years now. So here's the important part. One of the reasons people have not warmed up to video chat technologies like Zoom is that there is nowhere else to look. You can only stare forward at the screen and that's where all the focus is. And that's not natural for people. We need to be able to move around, look around and feel immersed in an environment. We need that third dimension. But what of the avatars themselves? Most people have not yet grown comfortable with creating digital replicas of themselves. At first glance, creating a cartoon replica of oneself feels like a game, something you would do in a video game, but not in real life. But I'll say it again, an avatar is simply an extension of what your voice is inside a phone. It's a representation of yourself that you can send to be somewhere else. So I think this day is coming for many of us. The inconvenience of commuting to and from the office, or worse, subjecting ourselves to the many indignities of flying anywhere for a conference, are being exposed in sharp relief now that an alternative is on the horizon. The ability to go somewhere, roam around, and be back home in less than a second will not only become more in demand amongst working people, the companies they work for will quickly see that a Quest headset costs less than airline tickets and hotel rooms. That capacity to roam around and be yourself is something that Zoom and other video chat technologies cannot currently offer, at least until they develop and make available a multi-screen, immersive environment. My hope and expectation is that virtual meetings and presentations will become the star technology of this decade. If you're interested in checking out a demo of the corporate VR experience, have a look at the 7-minute video made by the Wall Street Journal's tech editor Joanna Stern. It shows where things are as of late 2021 and hints at the potential yet to come. The link is in the show notes. You can also visit Verbella, whom I do not work for in any way, and wander around the campus at your leisure. Go there, be there, try it out, and see what you think. So... There you have it, my little podcast on the future of virtual reality worlds for business. If you have a comment about this podcast, you can drop me a line through the contact form at steveprentice.com, where you can also find my social media links. I'm still on Twitter, by the way. A full listing of past episodes is available at steveprentice.com slash podcast. I do try to keep the podcasts evergreen so that the concepts do not get dated too quickly. So check them out and download whatever feels good. My new book is still available, of course, The Future of Workplace Fear How Human Reflex Stands in the Way of Digital Transformation. It's available on Amazon and everywhere else where you get books. And as I mentioned earlier, if you're interested in narration for your ebooks, presentations, videos, or podcasts, please drop me a line as well. Until next time, I'm Steve Prentice. Stay safe, and thanks for listening.